All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Experience all the excitement of the casino on your desktop or mobile device at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up and receive a $50 welcome bonus using the promo code CASINO50. Oh, oh man. Like, I'll say, I've seen you and Zach and, and guys who are like diehard Jays fans. And I can see why. But honestly, if they don't get Otani... It'll be it'll be so devastating because it felt like it was so close when it might never have really been that close. You know what I mean? Like it's there's like finishing second in the Otani sweepstakes. We might as well finish thirty second. It's almost worse to finish second, especially now that like Soto's gone and he's likely going to be a Yankee. So like you miss the boat now on the backup plan if you don't get Otani. But I will say I do think it's serious because Otani flew across the country to tour that Dunedin thing. Like in my mind. If you're really just trying to string the Jays along, you don't make a cross-country flight that you didn't make for any other suitor. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, – it is valid, right? And I saw a few players uh, mention, well, yeah, if I was the Jays, I'd be taking them to Dunedin too. It's the best facility out there. So, you know what? You pull out all the stops if you can. Uh, I will say, like, to, like, there's just the part of me for the only Canadian MLB team to get Otani would be uh, – like, I know the Americans would just hate it. So that's kind of why I wanted to see it happen. Yeah, me too. Like just having him in a Jays uniform for 162 games, all the media coverage the Jays would get to. I mean, it would also just in the country, it would explode the Jays popularity as well. The amount of people I've talked to who are like, oh, I'm getting a jersey or I'm going to Toronto next year or I can't wait to start watching Jays games if they get him. It'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh, I, there'd be honestly that yeah. guy is that's one of the play. Now, he's not pitching next year, so it's a little bit different. Right, but man, if he, the, if the if next the following season he's back pitching and hitting, are you kidding me? I think every game might be sold out because people want to go watch yeah. him. 
Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. Well, you know what? Uh, there are some people that uh, really want to watch Philip Broberg. Um, I, I'm not in the camp who feels that the orders are like, oh my goodness, Philip Broberg's not in the lineup that it, that's going to crush him. You, he doesn't require waivers. You send him to the minors and you play him 25 minutes a night, and then he percolates. And when an an injury occurs, which is likely, then he comes up and plays. Like I, I get that he's frustrated, and he and he's got a right to be frustrated. I have no problem with that. He hasn't been playing. But he also didn't want to go to the minors. But the truth is, the best thing for his development is to go to the minors and play. Yeah, probably, especially when you look at where the Oilers are as a team right now, both in terms of them wanting to be a Stanley Cup contender at the start of the year. Yeah, you're not just going to gift Philip Broberg minutes. You're going to play your best lineup. And now that they've been struggling, you're not in a position where you can be like, ah, you know, we're going to find ways to get him in here or there, or we're just going to commit to giving him 15 minutes a night for 10 straight games to see where he's at with his development. You can't do that because every game is so important for the Oilers right now. So unfortunately, Broberg's trajectory as a prospect and where the Oilers are at as a team, it just, it doesn't line up. So when I saw the Frank tweet yesterday that, hey, apparently there's going to be permission given for Broberg and his camp to seek a trade, I wasn't that surprised because I also kind of understand Broberg's frustration in all of this. You know, he's been a prospect now for a while. He got 46 games last year in the NHL and now this year, He's stapled as a healthy scratch. I get the frustration on his side, but I also understand why the Oilers can't give into that frustration right now. Yeah. They, uh, it's it's a very easy solution. You put him in the minors, he plays sure. huge minutes, and he stays fresh as far as an in-game-ready shape. So when an injury occurs, easy call-up. And uh, Gleason or Deneen can come and sit in the press box. They're not going to play. Right, and I'm sure that might be disappointing for them, but that's the best thing. For usually, your number seven defenseman is a veteran guy that you're not worried about stunting their development. Right, that's what it's about. And you know what? E- even though they're probably not better than Broberg at this point, now if Broberg goes to the minors and and isn't playing very well. Well, then sure, you can play one of Gleason or Deneen in the NHL if an injury occurs. But if he goes down there and plays well, Ty, like this is this is set up to be a success for Edmonton. So I. And uh, lots of young guys and lots of players have asked for trades. Like, I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, I can tell you that the Oilers leadership group um, uh, opted not to have him speak to the media today. So they're looking out for their young player. So, you know, because people always wonder, oh, you know, the teammates are going to be mad. The teammates never take any guy saying he's frustrated with ice time personally, because most of them have been there at some point in their career, unless you're the elite players on the team. Yeah, I had Luke Gazdick on uh, my show yesterday, and we were talking about this a little bit. And he used an example from the end of his playing days in Edmonton with uh, Todd McClellan, where he went in and was frustrated about his minutes. And Todd McClellan said, it's a chicken or the egg thing. Luke, are you not playing because you're not playing well, or are you not playing well because you're not getting enough minutes? And that's always the two sides of this thing, right? It's like, okay, is Philip Broberg not developing right because the Oilers aren't giving him enough minutes, or... Is Philip Broberg not playing because he hasn't earned a spot the way of Vinny DeHarnay has vaulted into the lineup over the last 12 months and earned a spot? Well, here, and that's the other thing that I think you got to remember that Broberg was in Edmonton and playing more when Vincent DeHarnay was recalled from the minors, right? Because Vincent DeHarnay got hurt in training camp last season, didn't start there, then went down to the minors, played, then got recalled. And eventually just took the job from Philip Broberg. Now, he is a righty, so he's a natural righty. But Broberg's played the right side. And that was under Manson and Woodcroft, the two guys who had seen Broberg the most. So, to me, that should be a somewhat of a message to say, hey, Phil, I don't care that you're a former first-rounder. Vincent DeHarnay's undrafted. When you're in the NHL, who's ever playing best is going to play. And that's how it should be. 
Yeah, if you look now since the start of last season, they've played, I believe, identical in terms of the number of games at 56, and their minutes are actually relatively close as well. At 5-on-5, DeHarnay's played 635, Broberg's played 613. The Oilers have, you know, better things have been happening on the ice with DeHarnay there. I mean, you look at not just 5-on-5, but his ability to help out on the PK as well. The fact he starts more in the D zone is just... DeHarnay's come in and grabbed that third pairing spot kind of by the horns and never really let go all that much. And he just unfortunately can't say the same about Broberg. Tyler Ramchuk uh, joins us. Uh, the orders are playing well, though. They're 4-0. Um, the, the main story is that they're, they've calmed down a lot of areas of their game. Uh, they've limited the scoring chances off the rush. Their penalty kill is infinitely better. Uh, their goaltending is better. Their team defense is better. Their offense is better. Like they're pretty much every element of their team looks good. But now they go up against the one team. T- like if you look around the league, like they've they've won games against Colorado. They beat other teams. Boston last year, right? One of the remember they were down two nothing to the Bruins and came back and won. I think yeah. it was the only game all year the Bruins lost where they scored first. Yet they played Carolina tonight. And, man, that's like their kryptonite. They've struggled against the Canes significantly. And the other thing, too, is Carolina, I guess somewhat similar to the Oilers, they've continued to look better and better as the year's gone on. They were 17th in goals against per 60 uh, through the month of October, and then they were 7th in the month of November. Now they've only allowed three goals in two games so far here in December. Like, they're starting to look really, really good. Like the cup contender a lot of people thought they were at the beginning of the season. For me, if you, if you want like a key to victory for tonight, if I'm the Oilers, I'd be nervous about my start. Um, or if I was an Oilers fan listening, I'd be nervous about the start. I think Stuart Skinner's going to have to be real good tonight. I mean, the rest now has set in for him. He got some nights off. That shouldn't be an excuse. I think if Skinner can weather the storm early for the Oilers, then it'll allow them to kind of get their feet out from under him. Yeah, well, that will help. It's funny. The only good news is Carolina's worst period has been their first period. I know the Oilers fans are like, what are you talking about? They crushed them, and they were right. They were up 4 nothing on Edmonton. But their other first periods this year, they've been outscored 25-19, right? So they're minus six in every other game except Edmonton. So the Oilers coming off a five-day break. Maybe there's rust, or maybe you just shoot guys out of a cannon because they're fired up to play, and they're very confident with their group. So I think, though, either way, you don't want to play catch-up on Carolina. They're a team that, uh, if they get out in front, they're 7-0 and when they lead after the first, or, or sorry, 7-1, and 7-0 and when they lead after the second. And the orders, the orders are only 1-6 and when they trail after the first, and 2-9 and when they trail after the second. So, um, I, you know, if, if we see Edmonton behind here early it's probably not going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I know everyone was feeling good after the four straight wins. I know you're hoping they get to that fifth straight victory, but this time off has kind of allowed some other teams to also put together good runs. Minnesota's look has looked great since the last time the Oilers have played. Like, they're still 26th, I believe, in points percentage in the NHL. Like, as much as the four wins help, the Oilers are very far from being out of the woods here. Oh, God, no. They got to... You know, they got, and it's going to take some time. I said, the orders aren't going to be in a playoff position until the new year, unless they basically go, you know, undefeated in the month of December, right? Like, it's just, A, they, they've got games in hand now that they've got to make up, and they don't have a condensed schedule. Like, they're four, they got four games in hand on Seattle, and they're only three points back. They got three games in hand on Anaheim, they're one back. So they'll catch them eventually, but they only play every second day. Uh, they don't have a really condensed schedule. They only have one back-to-back before Christmas, and that's on the 21st and the 22nd. So, um, you know, Edmonton fans, as I've said, it's better off not looking at the uh, at the 
at the standings because it's going to take a while for them to get close to to or actually back in a playoff spot. Even if they play well, like they could win three. Let's say they win their next three tie, and that's seven in a row. You know, they're still would even if they win those three, they still wouldn't be in a playoff spot if if all the other teams lost their games. Well, yeah, that's the other thing too with the way the schedule is lined up right now is outside of Minnesota, you're not playing any other teams that are around you in the standings, right? So, I mean, even if the Oilers go four one and one in this stretch. I mean, if every team around them goes three and three, the Oilers have only gained three points on those teams, right? And that's with an incredible stretch from the oil and average hockey from everyone else. So the fact that they don't really have any four point swings on the horizon here, like really at all this month, because even towards the end, when you play Pacific teams, it's San Jose, LA and Anaheim. Those teams are all on the opposite ends of the spectrum from you. You're sitting right in the middle. So not a lot of four point games, which again, put some more pressure on the Oilers to make sure they're keeping pace. Yeah, and also helps them though if they lose. If you like, if you lose some overtime games there, it's not going to help you long term. It's not going to hurt you as much as if you lose an overtime game to a Minnesota or an Arizona. Man, where are you on the Coyotes? Are you believing in the Coyotes? As uh, the uh, the Mullet Arena is a place to be all of a sudden. Yeah, good chance to uh, let me plug that Oilers Nation's taking a nation vacation down there in February. So if people want to come on that trip. We're watching hockey in the desert in February, nationgear.ca. Thanks for letting me set that up, Greg. Uh, but I believe in the Coyotes in a weird, weird way. I think they have the cap space and the assets to go out and add a good blue liner, which will really, really help them out. But when I look at that forward group, like Clayton Keller, legit. Nick Schmaltz, I like. I like Lawson Krause. Matias Michelli's been a great story. Logan Cooley, awesome as a rookie. And then just really good support pieces. Some of them, they've picked up off the scrap heap from other teams. So I think it's a great story. The Connor Ingram story is fantastic as well. The way he seems to have settled into the number one spot there. They're getting goaltending. They're playing this really inspired style of hockey. I think Money Puck had them at 68% to make the playoffs the other day. I, I may be closer to 50, but there's a legitimate chance we see the Coyotes in the playoffs this spring. Quickly, uh, going back to Otani, who are, hmm. like, I, I know you've probably followed, and you've, if you weren't following before, you're following like every insider. Is there one that you lean towards more because you're like, well, this guy's telling me what I want to hear? Uh, yeah, like I've made this joke before. I'm believing anything. Like it could be someone with 2000 <laughs> followers who I've never heard of. And I'm like, they probably know what they're talking about. Um, but I will say the one thing that's kind of changed my tune on it a bit is some of the Jays beat reporters like Scotty Mitchell and Keegan, uh, Keegan Matheson, Matheson as well. Ben Nichols and Smith guys who were pessimistic about it like 10 days ago. I read their stuff all the time. They're now not as pessimistic as they were 10 days ago. And because those guys follow the team so close, I'm kind of like, Ah, that that's giving me a lot of hope right now that some of those Jays beat guys are starting to buy in. What do you think Otani's contract is going to be? I think it will be 12 years, 550 million with something like an opt out every two years. And it'll be his opt out, not the team. His opt out. To make sure they're competitive. I think he yeah, I yeah. think he has a priority on wanting to be in like a on a competitive World Series caliber team. And every two years, I think he'll want the ability to go, You're not winning, I'm out. So the Jays sign Otani. The first year he's obviously going to be their DH. Will he but will he only be DH? Can he play like can he play first? Ah, that's a good question. I'm honestly not sure because again, you would the logical part of my brain goes. Well, if you can't pitch, you probably shouldn't be risking it making throws from first to second, first to home. I know you don't have to make a ton of them, but like, 
don't risk it at all and just DH them all year. But that also does kind of hurt your uh, your lineup flexibility a little bit. Not that I will complain about hurt lineup flexibility if they sign Otani. Yeah, like if you have Otani, you just pencil him in. He's going to be your number three hitter, right? Oh, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. But, I mean, him sandwiched in between Bichette and Guerrero, oh, that has the potential to be so good. You're getting me all excited, Greg. Mm. What about the rest of their team, though? Right, because they've lost, like, like who's going to be – is uh, Varsho going to move to center field now? Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, it, it, per StatCast and all those metrics, he was a really good, like, high-end center fielder when they mm-hmm. had to play him there last year. So I think the rest of the team will kind of be similar to what it was last year. They still have a very good front four in that rotation. Their uh, Manoa bounce back is unlikely as that seems, away from having a great five-man rotation – um, and then the rest of things, I mean, you need someone to play third base. It'll probably be a cheap free agent option if you dish out the millions and millions and millions of dollars on Otani. And they'll still have some holes elsewhere. But I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't even say like, are they an instant World Series contender if they land Otani? Probably not next year because he's not pitching and there still would be significant holes everywhere. Um, but it would be interesting to see if there's a bump in terms of free agents willing to take a cheap flyer maybe next season to rebuild their value, come to Toronto, hit in that lineup, hit in that hitter's ballpark as yes. well. There could be a bump. Yeah, 100%. Third base, if they get Otani, that will be the uh, the question. So we'll see, they Ty. It, uh, I know I, I, I've been reading reports. Lots of people think the decision will be made by Sunday. Whew. I'm not going to. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Sleep a wink. We'll see how it goes. Have a good one, my man. Thanks, Jay. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.